Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, we'd like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land that we're recording this podcast on, Los Angeles. Those are the Shumash, Keech, and Tongva people. We would like to pay our respects to their traditions as well as to their elders past and present. Salad or Dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together, we're weirder, we're weirder together. It's weirder together. July 4th. We're recording on July 4th, I 2023. Know. I feel yeah. a stirring of eagles in my loins. You do? Yeah, is that weird? <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird place to feel the stirrings of eagles. <laughs> Usually we just hunker down and we don't ever watch fireworks. Australia's really big on fireworks. And in India, I was telling Goldie, oh, yeah. we used to watch fireworks displays where people would all the people running the fireworks displays had like two fingers and three oh fingers God. and stuff and it was a it was sobering i know it's hard to just enjoy the entertainment after that i know that's so true well i'm super psyched today because uh, one of my favorite bands cub sport tim and sam are here from cub sport they finished their u.s tour the today jesus at the gay bear, jesus at the gay bear jesus at the gay bar tour that's part two yeah part two. <laughs> <laughs> last night and um you fly out tomorrow and here you are. Cubsport, we're here. Oh, man. Are you ready to go home? Um, just, yeah. yeah. By the time like... you get to the airport? Yeah, once yeah. we've done all the final hurdles, I think we'll be pretty ready to be there. How long was the tour? Like five and a half weeks. But oh. we will have been away six weeks by the time we get home. Nice, yeah. That yeah. extra half a week was, it was brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now... How was it traveling across as gluten-free vegans? <laughs> Honestly, America's the gluten-free vegan promise land. Really? Yeah. Everywhere is um, pretty accommodating. All right. I good. noticed, I, how long ago, it was like 12 years ago we went, I was in Dublin and we, it was so funny because I wouldn't have thought Dublin would be so gluten-free. But They are big like, on celiacs. Yeah. They love it. It was mm-hmm. like really, even before yeah. LA, every supermarket, there was like a major gluten-free totally. section. So wait, you're both gluten-free? Or you're both vegan? Both vegan yeah. and okay. yeah. Sam is gluten-free. But then the rest of the band are vegan too. Yeah, Zoe's vegan, Dan is vegetarian. Do you cook normally? Like, Because mm. you, you have to. If you have that kind of diet, you got mm. like, to turn it on. I love to cook. Okay, what's, oh, what's your nice. specialty? Um, I don't know if I have a specialty. You make like really good vegan gluten-free pasta. Mm-hmm. Wait, you uh, make the pasta? No, oh, meaning no. like no, you boil it. Yeah, yeah I boil yeah, the yeah. pasta. You boil it. You add the sauce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> meaning like he puts make the a water pasta. in the pot yeah, really yeah. well. <laughs> no, I make a mean craft mac and cheese. Yeah, oh. really <laughs> yeah. Nice. Let's start here. When you decided to take the tour across America, you had the opportunity to do it. Did you have any apprehensions? No, really. I don't think so. Like, maybe I'm projecting fear. I just was like, I was just nervous for you because it's, there's, you know, it's, it can be a hostile atmosphere. I'm sure you didn't want, weren't thinking 
at all like that it would be political who wants to even think that way <laughs> you're just like i just want to play yeah and, like, we were in on santa monica boulevard it's known as like you know the i guess the gay area but there was like security guard or security yeah, places buffed up i was like what's happening and then i guess it's like i don't know it's weird it goes in phases intolerance is in fashion um mm. but so you were so you you felt okay about it though it wasn't like you didn't feel any personal concern no i don't think so i know that like zoe's wife and dan's girlfriend were both a little worried about us being over here especially like touring in the south and that sort of thing mm. but i don't know i feel like we aren't the type of people that worry very much that's yeah. good no we kind of just like go in like follow a gut feeling and the gut feeling was that it was the right thing to do yeah mm. I felt at the show, I mean, I wrote to you about this, but the show we saw, I just thought what a beautiful, supportive space you were able to create, but it still felt like you were rock stars. Like it wasn't like a community center, like let's create a safe space. It was like rock stars putting on a show where everyone felt safe, which is what a dream combination. I love that. I was obsessed. I have never seen you and I didn't know a ton about you. And it was like one of the best shows I've ever seen. It was so good. And I was really loved your clothes. I was so curious, like what, what your influences were, whatever, what you like. Yeah, let's talk about fashion. I don't know. We could. Maybe, we don't recognize have to. something on Sam's Well, shirt. I know. So wait, do you know Paul Rutherford who is in... Frankie Goes to Hollywood? <laughs> you know the band? No, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Relax. Don't you know do that it. Song? Oh, yeah. No, that's anyway, yeah, yeah. he's like You guys are really gay. <laughs> <laughs> but he wore those like... But there was a picture on Sam's shirt that you recognized the photographer of. Oh, who did Tom like, of Finland. Well, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. yes. Yeah, the same that I've been wearing. Know. I didn't know who that was. Oh. You told me about it. Well, yeah, yeah Tom like, of Finland. And what was his so, story? He was, he was from, he was not German or he Finland? was from Finland. Tom of Finland. It's a guess. Yeah. <laughs> he's a great artist and, you know, just iconic. Yeah. You so, would have seen his book if we ever went into a sex shop store. Okay. Have we gone and probably, yeah, we have. Yeah, but I don't recall the Like literature. there was one here that, <laughs> yeah. So, but the show was constructed, it it felt to me like it, the vision also, board I of the show. Also, I just have to say he's yeah. beyond just a sex story. Also just, you know, famous. Yeah, fine anyway, artist. Sorry. Yeah. It was a bit yeah. sexy. Yeah, both. Yeah. You can, you know, anyway. So to me, the show felt like an arena show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it was like, it, when I picture your guys' vision board, it's not playing the echo. It, to me, it looks like a show that's meant to be in an arena. Is that right? Always. Yes. Yeah. That is the goal. And Dan, who is our drummer and also like tour manager, production manager, he always has like a massive vision for everything that we do. And he always says like, when we play a show, we want it to be the best show that anyone's ever seen in that room. Like always make it look like it's in a room like bigger than the one you're in. Like bring, yeah, bring the show the- expectation. Exactly. What's the history of Cup Sport? Like how did the band, what's the tradition? Cause I only found out about Cup Sport through our mutual friend, Grace. Oh, nice. mm-hmm. And she was just comes what comes what. So I was like, oh, I want to check that. And I fell in love. But Thank what? You, what's the trajectory of the band? How did it? How, how deep do you want to go? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll fly down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, you met in high school, right? Yeah, well, yeah. and you're Zoe from. We've known each other since they were like five. five. Oh wow! Oh, she's mm-hmm. amazing. It kind of started with me just writing songs in high school, and then just out of school, I wanted to record some demos. 
And I knew that Dan was really good at drums and I wanted like drums on some songs. And so I messaged him, I messaged him on MySpace. Like that's how long ago this was. And um, we recorded the first ever like Tim Nelson demos and they weren't amazing. You were a solo artist at that point, like a singer songwriter. Yeah. That was kind of what I was trying to do. It was like, it was like a very melancholic I was trying to be like Missy Higgins, but it was like dark. <laughs> I like that, actually. <laughs> yeah, we kind of did these recordings and then I sent those around to like cafes and every venue in Brisbane. We did like a CD drop off. Yeah, driving really nice. around, um, dropping CDs off at like every venue that we like could find. Yeah. Um, and then I like booked a gig and reached out to Dan to see if he would play for this show and Zoe to see if she would like come in and play bass and it happened and then we kind of just kept booking gigs and we did that for a couple of years as which is you Dan and Zoe at that point um yeah oh sorry and oh okay and, yeah it's like I was you're together 24 hours a day it's, it's kind like of a, we are always. one <laughs> yeah, yeah. you forget they're a separate person they need to yeah. 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 yeah um and then yeah, after a couple of years of doing that, we recorded our debut EP. And when we got that back, we were like, okay, this music is actually pretty good. Um, maybe we should properly like launch this project and make it like a band instead of being, we were called Tim Nelson and the Cub Scouts at that point. Oh. And we are like, okay, let's just be Cub Scouts. And we released the debut single Evie. Um, and it like got added to radio and stuff. And then we started getting offered tours. Was that through Unearthed or something? Or how did you? Yeah. Think, yeah. yeah. That's the beginning. And just like a That's really. The J, like introducing young artists program. Yeah. yeah. Just like a really sort of basic, cheap, um, but really good radio service. Oh, you hired someone to push yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. And do like a little PR thing. Mm. And it was really effective. It was awesome. Um, and we were at uni at that point at dental school. And Wait, both of you at dental school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would have some disposable income. Two <laughs> dentists living together? That's yeah. amazing. Oh, because dentists... Get paid well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's... Nice. A, Wait, did your parents, like, were they like, do that? Or do you just thought, this is good? Or what made you guys go to... And dentist? are you still dentists? Do you do... Do you examine each other's teeth on the road? Fans' teeth, <laughs> the merch table. I finished my degree. I was actually doing oral health, so I became a dental hygienist, and I was a dental Your hygienist. Your teeth are amazing. So okay. You're, you're on the road to the glamorous life <laughs> life of a dental hygienist. Yes. And we got to the third year. So the first two years of our degree were the same. We got to the third year, and I only had one more to go. Um, and we had – this was 2012, and we had so much touring booked for that year. Just that, domestic, right? Yeah, yeah just yeah. domestic at that point. Um, and – they wouldn't allow Tim, who was in dentistry, to take that much time off. So it was wow. a, a decision of which path mm. it was going to take. Yeah, they like literally wouldn't give me one day off. So I could never play shows on Friday nights or anything because uni was like, I think it was like 8 a.m. to like 6 or 7 p.m. five, five days, days a week. Wow. I thought like- uni, my kid is at... 
because mm. I'm a 21 year old and she, but I, she chose, you know, yeah, but she's doing arts. Yeah, that's right. It's different. To <laughs> becoming she a was like, how yeah. can I do the least amount? <laughs> and then she was like, Australia, Australia, it's like Australia a, you only have to like go three job. years. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So third year is the year you start seeing patients. So you, okay. you sort of oh, you start seeing patients while you're in yeah, school. Yeah. There's a clinic. So well, it's you fresh. Kind of have to All the information is fresh too. Probably. Yeah. I dropped out the day before I was going to have to give someone a needle for the first time. So it was pretty well timed. I was not feeling good about it. Uh, Have you done it since? No. I've given someone a needle once. I had a friend who was going through some kind of, um, I forget what it was, but yeah. she needed a nurse coming every day and giving her a shot. And mm-hmm. we were and hanging with her. Yeah. We were with her and the nurse was like, I can't come tomorrow. And we were just chilling at her house. He would come every day and give her this shot. And he was like, you guys can do it. And you said you'd do it. I was like, I'll do it. And then at night I was like, Ben, I can't do that. And then <laughs> I was like, I'll do it. And Because then- I like to try new things. Yeah. And um, it was, the, the syringe was really thick. It was oh. one of those where like it had to push a lot of stuff in there. And I pushed, she, she bent like, over on the bed. Faster, go harder. And I pushed it like against the top of her butt. But it was such a big, like I imagine with a tiny syringe, it just goes into the it skin. Wasn't yeah, that wasn't it was it big was enough big. that I pushed it and the skin just bent. Yeah. It didn't puncture. And she was like, do it faster. Do it faster. So I just like pushed it in. And oh. now giving someone a shot. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And do you think there were any skills you picked up on that whole academic journey that have actually helped you with artistry and music and everything? Interpersonal I, stuff? I often find like fine motor skills actually come yeah. in handy quite a lot. Oh, right. right. Yeah. Yeah, like with modular synths and yeah. Ableton. And like setting, and, yeah. Yeah, setting things up. And, and like then. a steady hand, like doing our makeup. And oh, yes. 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 I'll take it. <laughs> so then the band's kind of like, it becomes Cub Scouts. Mm-hmm. And then how did it become Cub Sport? Um, you got so sued? Was there a lawsuit? <laughs> yeah, there was Pretty a much. legal letter from Scouts Australia oh, saying to stop using the word scout. So we changed it to sport and then we kind of didn't do much for a couple of years because we signed. Just to process the trauma of the name change. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The trauma of having a label actually. Yeah. We signed to a label and got management and made our debut album and then waited years for it to come out. No. Um, Mm. And it finally came out in 2016. And it didn't go super well when it first came out. And our label and team were kind of like, oh, well, like it is what it is. And like campaign is over now. After two singles. And And they wouldn't release to a budget. What label was it? Network. Okay. Yeah. But so it's a US Canadian label. Yeah, based right? in America. Yeah. And there's not a ton of Australian stuff on it. So you probably felt that was a great opportunity. and But they dropped the ball. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, took we learned a lot. You hate that. I just think the odds are any piece of music you make, the odds are it's going to disappear into the ether and no one's going to hear it. <laughs> so why are we wasting time delaying the inevitable? <laughs> like, let's get that thing out there and see what happens. You yeah. Know? And then make another one. So, exactly. Yeah. So then you shook off the dust and and oh, yeah, I feel we like there's like, a redemption story on this album. Well, that for happened. sure. <laughs> um, yeah, we were like, no, we are going to tour this album. We're going to do another single. We hired some lights for a hundred dollars and shot a music video in our living room for the song "Come or Mess Me Up," which is our biggest song still. Song. Yeah. Um, 
And that kind of changed everything. Mm. Like, people really took note of that song and started coming to the shows. Like, we sold out our Australian tour that we were told we shouldn't even put on. Um, and Put on another Australian tour on the back of that. That sold out. Yeah. Paid and for ourselves to come to America and tour that album. Victory. Mm. And it was at the end of that tour in the US that we finally had the conversation that we were, like, in love with each other secretly. Oh, it was that far in? I thought you were, like, in a relationship from high school. No. Well, we, like, we were in, like, a soul relationship, but we weren't actually, like, together. We dated for one year completely in secret, not a soul knew when we were 17, 18. High school in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Say no more. And then um, at the end of that year, essentially tried to be straight. Tried oh. to sort of live a, the life we thought we were meant to live. You you guys discussed that together and then both went and tried to do that. Yeah. Together we're together. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We did this little Europe holiday at the end of our year of dating. And we were like, okay, this holiday is like the last hurrah. That's it. When we get back to Australia... We're like not together anymore. Wow. Yeah. And then <laughs> we we tried to do that for eight years before we actually had this conversation that happened at the end of this US tour for the first album. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Sam was like, I don't want this to ruin everything, but I'm in love with you and I want us to be together. And I was like, same here Uh. um and then we flew back to australia like a few days later and both came out to our families and friends and then like kind of gradually came out to the public Mm -hmm. we didn't have like a big announcement or anything but we just stopped hiding it and stopped kind of like denying it wow and so wait I'm, i'm interested in the mechanics of this were you hiding it from the band Everyone. The band? So you guys, you'd do a show, you'd be on tour, and then you'd, like, sneak off to each other's rooms? Like, how would you hide it from the band? Well, we we kind of, like, weren't fully together. Oh, okay. So okay. after that year, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So that a year, and then they were like, yeah, we've yeah. got then you you'll were go being professionals. Yes. Yeah, like, I'm pretty wow. sure you and Zoe would often be in a bed together. Yeah, or you and Zoe. We kind of all just, like... Or, or sometimes the three of us in a bed, depending yeah. on what Rock the and budget roll. was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've done it all. <laughs> <laughs> then from that point, a lot of things kind of changed. Oh, we parted ways with our management, with our label, and kind of started to embrace, I think, like who we really are and what Cub Sport like, really is. And I think it's kind of just been evolving since then Mm -hmm. it's so interesting because to me 
I'm imagining, I understand the record didn't go as well initially as the label had thought or whatever, but to me, when an artist steps into whatever makes them truly unique, and in this case, you guys have this powerful relationship as collaborators and being in love, you would just think like, I would think even from a business perspective, that would be like, oh yeah, this is the gold mine. This is when artists <laughs> well, are I'm founding sure their power, but they, they, they split. Like, I'm, I don't understand. What was the logic, do you think, behind them? Behind well, parting ways I don't think the they understood the vision. I think we were the only people who really understood where we wanted Cub Sport to go. Mm. And I think we needed the those eight years of sort of actually learning who we are and what was important to us. We needed that time and that whole experience for everything to line up to sort of shoot us in the right direction. I think I'd always had an idea of how I wanted to present myself and I wanted to write songs that really meant something to me and that I felt like an emotional attachment to. And I think I'd been trying to do that, but then change it so that people wouldn't know that I was gay. So it was like, I had this like clear vision, but then I had to like change it to protect myself from people like knowing too much or whatever. And then once I kind of got comfortable with the idea of people knowing who I really am, I didn't have to worry about how it was coming off as much. I could kind of just present myself how I wanted to, like sing lyrics that are like fully true and kind of kind of take it a bit more seriously. Because before I would try and have like a funny double meaning or something to everything that I wrote. So that when people would ask me what it was about, I could be like, oh, it's this like funny thing that happened rather than being like, oh, I'm like suffering because I'm in love with my best friend and I can't tell anyone about it. How did the fans that got on board with the first EP, how did they react at that moment when you guys were like, hey, we're a couple, we're moving forward? Oh, I don't know. I feel like we didn't have, like, one moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and maybe not enough of a, like, fan base to really feel the response at that point. Yeah. There was only love. There was only support. Yeah. Um, Mm. It's not like Miley changing from Hannah Montana. That's true. No, that was a more (laughs) drastic. (laughs) (laughs) Garth Brooks becoming Chris Gaines. Oh. He totally changed his persona. No, this was a a logical progression. (laughs) Yeah. And so is Brisbane, like conservative or it just depends yeah talk to us about brisbane how does brisbane play into all of this because we, we love, love brisbane and we, we love, love I've never our creative been friends there, from brisbane. but the people yeah. i know from brisbane oh, are so like dreamy. well this one friend of mine and her crew were like the coolest dressers like cooler than brooklyn when brooklyn like patients from the grades and mm-hmm. megan washington they, yeah, yeah it's like wow and, i mean brisbane they're so cool is... and um rachel burke you know who makes the clothes she made a giant cape for me Oh, she's cool, amazing. She's cool. like a DIY oh, artist. Amazing. Like, but yeah, Brisbane's amazing. What was it like being Brisbane? Up is honestly a great place. Yeah. Good energy there. Mm. Yeah. I, I feel like, like in terms of like how conservative it is or isn't, I don't really know because we grew up in like such a strange little bubble where mm. we went to a Christian school and everyone at the school went to the church that the school was at and pretty much like everyone that 
we knew was in this same little world, which was very conservative. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. You guys were from religious families? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so this whole Jesus at the gay bar thing, this isn't just a shock value iconography. This is no, it's no. like storing deep. deep trauma. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing can be so, um, I don't know what the word is, but so helpful. Like even Ben, we were, Ben and Georgia Mack, covered androgynous the song by the replacements and the way he sings about androgyny it's like it's so chill and like you're like what's the big deal like the the energy behind it yeah no i see the comparison because firstly we totally bit your white singlet tops for the look of the video we did (laughs) we were like we're "We're gonna be cup sport well i I was also (laughs) like doing a bruce weber calvin klein 80s like we had no money so i was like black and white it's funny that it's you and georgia who you're not like ripped like calvin klein bottles well but you know but you're delicious it's a new era um (laughs) but I think that the, the, the thing that we tried to do with that song that I think we saw at your show that was so amazing was this releasing the pressure valve of people are so tense mm. and so angry and talking about these subjects that require sensitivity and a delicate touch and no one's having a delicate touch. Everyone is like yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah. And I think what we loved about the show was it just had this the loving atmosphere felt like this is a space where we can find solutions in. Oh, that's so, so nice. cool. I think something that we really learned, probably like one of the keys that unlocked so much for us and still does, is that you can either make decisions out of fear or love. And I feel like as soon as we sort of understood that, we started making every decision out of love mm. and never fear. And I feel like that creates that feeling or that environment. Yeah, love, it's so good. But going from, I'm just thinking <laughs> love of, is so good. love is so good. I didn't grow up religiously and you didn't, but we both got really into spiritual things that were really intense. And in the, at the end of the day, quite a few of them actually, the core does, even if they're hippie, they it kind of sometimes goes homophobic for some reason. <laughs> There's <laughs> always a point. <laughs> Any kind know. of like new age spirituality you're exploring, you're like, all... everything's cruising along and suddenly like, there's that one really homophobic thing that someone says, you're like, Oh, okay. And then they like reframe. They reframe. They reframe it like, no. Nah. I'm like, no. You can't reframe. There's no reframing. Do you but- identify as Christians now? No, not at all. Yeah, no, no. That's done. Been a big journey. Left yeah. the church. Yeah, oh, yeah, long yeah. ago. And yeah. you felt there was no room for you to be authentic in the space you grew up in. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. feel any connection to it. Yeah, at all. Even from a young age, from like six, I would like cry begging to not go to church to the mm-hmm. point where my parents just it's, let me not go to church. Oh, that's nice. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so all the teaching. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's nice they didn't make you. Yeah. I mean, I I'm kind of saying... didn't give them much choice. But oh, that's, like, that's good. That's you. <laughs> so, then, so, so then what was the, ex- talk about the Jesus at the Gay Bar, choosing that as a title. Such a great title. You obviously knew that we had the potential to push buttons. Mm. What did that, what did that mean to you? Well, when I read that poem, I like I cried the first time I read it. I don't know. Same. Have you read the poem who's, that it's named after? No, who's it named? Um, Jay Holm is the poet. He's a trans writer from Wales, is it, or um, somewhere in the UK, Ireland, or Scotland, or something. Um, but yeah, the poem basically talks about Jesus being at a gay bar and a boy approaches him, begging to be healed of his gayness. 
And Jesus tells him, my child, there's nothing in this heart of yours that ever needs to be healed. And I think like reading it, um, it's so beautifully written, much nicer than my little (laughs) summary of it. Um, But seeing Jesus presented like that really like affected me. And I was like, why? Because I don't, like I've left it so far behind, but I think because it was such a massive part of my upbringing and my mom is still a Christian. um, So it's still like very present in my life, kind of just because it always has been. Um, But yeah, reading that poem felt kind of like, it had the feeling that I was trying to create with this album of processing this whole journey that I've been on and to create space for like a different perspective and healing. And I knew that it would ruffle some feathers, like people who think that it's like the most horrific thing to say that Jesus would be at a gay bar but there have been so many Christians who have reached out and have been like, thank you for spreading this message and for like letting people know that there is space for queer people in religion and that sort of thing, if that's where they want to be. Um, and yeah. I mean, that wasn't, that isn't where I want to be, but kind of reclaiming it like that felt good. And At least for a stage, like some people might have to do a stage of like, going staying and then they kind of leave. yeah like training mm. wheels yeah mm. yeah well we when we first like essentially left the church left school we swung hard the other way like full well i mean i know i did like full atheism basically and then eventually like after a few years started to sort of discover a bit of new age spiritualism went pretty deep down that path and then kind of took a step back and sort of let things fall into place, like took the bits that resonated and sort of found maybe more of a connection to spirituality um, and like connection to everyone and everything as like the takeaway that sort of rang true for me. Um, But not, yeah, certainly not going back down the Christian path. I feel like Jesus would have been a radical, like almost like a, Kind of almost like not Jim Morrison, but like kind of like radical Bernie person. Sanders, Abby Hoffman. Mm. Well, just like mm. if I thought if Jesus was a real person, this sort of radical person who had these like kind of kind of maybe even annoying slightly, but just not at all homophobic. <laughs> I've never heard Jesus described just, it that way, but no, you're probably but right. Yeah, you're, he probably would have been annoying. You met him at the gay bar, you'd be like, I mean, come on, don't you want to dance? Why no, are you but doing just these like lectures? Someone and- walking around the desert and being just like <laughs> radical and one of those like almost like, oh, this guy this guy like whatever but not for sure the way people co-op you know i don't even know i guess jesus was a real person right i mean there's some debate but it who seems knows? to be based on someone but, who but i, I some know point. was like just ups, an upsetter like a kind of upsetter but not at all like i don't know what the way that it's been yeah. mangled anyway yeah mm. so where d- this project I feel like with this album, both commercially and artistically, you reached a new level. You know, it's a beautiful thing to see when it goes together, you know, because sometimes people have a hit based on something that isn't their genuine artistic spirit. But with this, you, you made a big record, expanded your fan base, 
for all the right reasons because it was authentic and real and good, like really good quality. What's next? What's next in the vision? What's next on the vision board? I feel like I want to continue a bit further down this path of like electronic dance music that's like got like this emotional yearning feeling to it but the overall feeling is like uplifting that's like the brief that was what I wanted to do with Jesus at the gay bar and I mean now that it exists and we get to perform the songs and it like feels so good to like share that with an audience in a live space I'm like I want to go further in this and I feel like there is further to go there's like a collaboration that I've done with like a pretty big dance producer that I'm not sure like if or when it's going to come out did they find you or how did it how did that happen we were kind of linked up through a mutual friend um and oh my god is this the train smokers (laughs) Oh, <laughs> no, it's okay. not. Um, but that song and like where it's at at the moment is like really exciting yeah. to me and is kind of inspiring where I want Cub Sport to go. You've done some stuff with Nick Littlemore too, right? Yeah. Is that who we're talking about? Um, no. There's another person. It's another with. person. Okay. And it's like, it's not going to be a Cub Sport song. I think it'll be like a Cub Sport cool. feature. Um, but yeah, Nick and I have got some like demos in the works yeah. that I think kind of fit into what could come next. Cool. They're really cool. Um, but yeah, this collaboration, I feel like it's almost like my arrival as a singer. Oh shit. It's like full like share mode. Oh. And I'm like, and it's just so exciting to me. Oh, so I want to explore that a bit more. And do you feel the pressure of being the sort of most handsome dudes in Australian music. Is that a heavy weight? How's that man? How's carrying that? Might be heavy for someone else. (laughs) (laughs) It feels right. Amazing. All right. Well, I'm going to give a hard recommendation to the audience to check out the Jesus at the Gay Bar album. It is a beautiful record. I've played it so many times around the house and just love driving a lot. I just love it because um, I also love like, yeah, like dance music that, I mean, I like sad. Yeah, I like sad mm. dance music, <laughs> but um, but it's beautiful. And to get to see you live, if anyone gets the chance, it's a really, really. And congratulations. Yeah, on congratulations the tour. on the tour. It's so, so impressive. You. Well done, and let's uh, let's go have a little barbecue. Beautiful yes. babies. All right, you want to say bye to the beautiful babies? That's our audience. Bye, beautiful, bye, beautiful babies. babies. <laughs> <laughs> always got the love, always got the love when it's me and you. Yeah, yeah. Always got the love, always got the love when it's me and you. Like blazing in the summer, yeah, at the beach with your hands in my
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.